0: This week on Erotic Awakening, negotiations for everybody, hippies, and video show.
1: Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now.
0: The Erotic Awakening podcast, as well as workshops by Dana Donner, are offered free of charge to our community.
1: Because of the expenses involved, we're grateful to those that support us through Patreon and donations. So welcome aboard for your support. We thank you. Joy, Caitlin, and Johnny Jackhammer.
0: New subscribers to the newsletter include Rick from Indiana.
1: And Mazikeen from Ohio, who isn't too far from us. I've actually been chatting with her.
0: Head over to eroticawakening.com and find the Get Your EA Shoutout. Just sign up for the occasional newsletter and get the latest podcast news, plus discounts on books and more. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dawn. (laughs) Made it through this time. Did make it Today on the podcast, we're going to be joined by Manny and Wyo, and we're going to be talking about negotiations beyond just negotiations for your power exchange, but even deeper than that. And we are going to get there in just a moment. Beyond that, we're going to be talking about the video show that we just did not too long ago and Mm -hmm. not too much else, not too much else going on today. That's okay. And that's
1: even with skipping last week, but um, it is the holidays.
0: Do you have any ideas for holiday gifts? Do you know what you're getting me for Christmas? I have no
1: clue. You and I, we've been together for 20 years, and we buy what we want at this point. Mm-hmm. So I don't know of anything else that you want that you're not going to order right now so that you've got it on Prime in two days. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, are you going to show me something?
0: No, I, I thought I had that. The The... The pitch bell around here. I thought I found it the other day. I don't know what you I did, did with it. It's all okay. way over there. <laughs> Darn it! I was gonna pitch some Dan and Don stuff to put in oh, your stockings, but I can't. The, the, bell's, the bell's too bell's far over away. There.
1: But no. But that's a good idea too. So the Kickstarter cards, we have those. They absolutely fit in a stocking. So, yep. and we just put out. We just had a sale on the books, but I bet we didn't turn the <laughs> price
0: up. Was off. I supposed to do that? No. Yeah, that's okay. So what are they at? There's 20% still sale, off, 25% off 25% off. Yeah. Uh. So
1: any of the books or the cards, so just reach out to us. We've also got Kame Bats books on our website at eroticawakening.com. She's got some great books there, some uh, adult coloring books and the like. So lots of good stuff for Christmas. All right. But Enough no, of that. No more product placement. Let's no get it going. clue. Oh, but I'm also going to have an Etsy link for my hooded blankets. I still think they make the best gifts because they're nice and warm.
0: I'm going to get you one.
1: I, I have one. <laughs> I use mine for the drive-in movies.
0: You know, we were fortunate to go visit uh, Power Exchange peers and friends, Kevin and Katie, down mm-hmm. in the Kentucky not long ago, and it hit a cold. I will tell you that my little hooded blankie, my hooded cloak, which I call it a blankie, is just awesome for wrapping up with and having your coffee in the morning.
1: Just chilling. Yeah, well, it's made out of fleece. So it's nice and warm, and they're, they're big enough that, that they cover you. And I totally get I why Linus
0: it. is so attached to his now.
1: <laughs> well yours even has a hood and a little cloak thingy frog in the front. It does so to, to keep it on you, and yeah, and that was actually an, a, a fantastic visit, so with uh, the Kevin and Katie. We uh, quarantined for what ten days? Ten days beforehand. Days before. Yep. They quarantined ten days beforehand, and then we met up for Thanksgiving, and that was that was really cool. It was good to spend time with them. so Because yep. you and I are pretty damn quarantined at this point. We don't see too many people at all.
0: And and it's a really interesting uh, from a power exchange and also from a lifestyle perspective, right? Um looking at it, you know, there's all the virtual conferences. Uh, some friends of ours are trying desperately to get us to do PXS as a virtual con. Um, and there are some virtual, good virtual cons out there, but there's, I don't know. I am still in the camp of, as much as I would like to have uh, physical contact and hug people and interact with people physically, I saw somebody post to one of the poly dating sites today uh, hey, I'm heading to Las Vegas. Does anyone know if the swing clubs are open down there? And just the idea of going to a swing club mm-hmm. in this land of COVID for me, right? I just can't, can't, can't I don't know.
1: Can't, can't do it. And I know people that locally go to this, the local swing club right mm-hmm. now that's open, though it did just close because we have a, a 10 o'clock curfew here in uh, Franklin County. In, Ohio. Uh, Ohio. So because of the numbers, and they were talking about going to the swing club, and I'm like, man, I just can't. I mean, for one, how do, how do you do it without being face-to-face? And for two, when I went to a swing club, I never even asked for a name. So how do you yeah. <laughs> do contact tracing or anything? So, you know, that's that's Maybe, okay.
0: think maybe the key is uh, doggy style. You're not really breathing each other's stuff. <laughs>
1: True. Not the way I picture no. it. That's All right, so let's move on. <laughs> close, so. um, today on the
0: podcast, we are very fortunate to have Manny and Wyo on the show. They are joining us to talk about negotiations. First off, guys, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Hello.
2: Yeah, thank you for having us.
0: So we first started and talking have- to you guys because, of, and uh, power power just ch- chopped you right off there. And the reason we chopped you off is because we got to talking to you guys because you're part of the Kink Buffet podcast. And one of the problems we had, we talked about earlier is that when podcasters talk to podcasters, nobody knows when to shut the fuck up. <laughs> so you feel free to tell us to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show.
2: <laughs> no, thank you for having us. And uh, we are a very monogamous, polyamorous couple. Uh, we've been, we have been successfully mon- monogamous since March. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we know that
3: feeling. Yeah, oh, talking the- about swing uh, aspect of things like I have a former partner that is now seeing other people since I'm moving around more and they were just telling me that they went to a swing club and I was like oh no I'm so glad I'm not at home because I didn't, would not want that going on near me
2: yeah we're actually we're having this, the discussion now only now about how we may open up to bringing someone in but it's going to be more stringent than like, I want to know your sexual history. Like, they have to be in a low risk work environment. They have to have mm-hmm. been quarantining. We're gonna get tested first, and and then they're gonna be isolating with us if that's the way it happens.
0: Oh yeah, I, I totally so get that. The, the idea of I used to look at people and go, oh, you know, you're you're very attractive. Look at that great, oh, you got a great pair of tits on you, all that kind of stuff. Now it's like, oh, you work from home and you're introverts. Oh, that's so hot. Come on over. <laughs> Uh, so today we're going to talk to you guys about negotiations. And originally I thought we were going to talk about negotiations for power exchange relationships, but you've, you were just telling us that a lot of times that the, the, the same negotiations can work outside of a power exchange relationship as well.
3: Right. Well, one of the things that we talk about in our podcast is that there is technically in the purest sense of the word, power being exchanged in any kind of relationship. And so we found that a lot of the people that are reaching out to us are more on the vanilla end of the spectrum and trying to figure out how they can be more intentional about how the power is distributed within their relationships.
2: Yeah, when we started this, you know, the the kink buffet, we were excited about talking about all these dirty, shameful, kinky topics. But because we do our best to be responsible members of this community, we, we wanted to talk about the relationship and negotiations and that part first like let's build a foundation of the things that need to happen before you get into those things and then without intending to we started getting contacted by a number of people either new to ds curious about ds or even that doesn't sound like me at all but i love what you said about dot 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 and next thing you know we're doing this fairly mainstream a lot of it not all of it but a lot of it a fairly mainstream topics and it's attracting this mainstream audience it's it's exciting
0: so what is what are those contexts look like and I, i'm not asking to break anonymity or anything like that or specifics but sure. what kind of things are you being reached out to you said you had a couple recently as a matter of fact
3: yeah just in the past couple of days we've had uh, video chats with people just to kind of feel out where they feel like they're hitting snags with what they're going to, and they've, you know, can parrot back a lot of the stuff that we've said on our episodes, and, and we're like, go a little bit deeper into those, kind of uh, tweaking what they're working on, and it's been really, really insightful.
2: And, and a lot of it comes back to the idea that negotiating any part of a relationship, and not assuming that your partner is going to be in this role, or take on these responsibilities, I mean, and we're talking mostly outside the bedroom here, but those, those things don't often get discussed. They certainly weren't discussed by me before I entered this world. It was just assumed that we, that's what you do, and I, this is what I do, and here's where we decide everything together. And, and it never worked out that way, but we didn't formalize it, and that's what led to conflict.
0: Yeah, it's funny because I remember Dawn and I got into a power exchange relationship prior to actually having a, uh, a married relationship. And one of the things that Dawn said was, I don't really want to get married because I know what the role of wife is and I know what the role of husband is and I don't like the role wife. I don't want to be in that role. Power exchange allows us to pick those roles and negotiate from a perspective of that role. It sounds like you guys are saying the same, the idea that you can negotiate from a perspective outside of a determined, well, you're the wife, you're the husband, so that's the way it's going to be. How do you work with something like, I, I don't know, and, and I'm just going to pick something silly, if you're only going to have one jar of peanut butter in the house and one person likes chunky and one person likes creamy, <laughs> in a power exchange relationship, it's pretty easy to determine who gets the final word. Is that the kind of thing can be transferred over to the type of negotiation you're talking about or how would you, uh, appro- uh, how would you approach nope. that situation? <laughs> So
3: we use the term designer relationships, and this is definitely applicable to the peanut butter, but it's equally applicable to any kind of power exchange that would be happening. And the idea is that you can pick and choose who is in control of it, but also who is responsible for it. So when somebody has, you know, the, the like for peanut butter, the one who is, in control of the food would be making those decisions or have the, the trump card.
2: But it actually, but it starts before then because we, we first talked about identifying needs versus wants. Mm -hmm. And if peanut butter is my favorite thing in the entire world, then getting to get chunky peanut butter might be a need. That's it's a deal breaker. I will not be in a relationship where I can't eat chunky peanut butter Well, it's important for me to understand that that, that's different than I prefer chunky peanut butter, but I'm fine with creamy. Do I really want to battle over this? Mm -hmm. And so if one partner, like a need will trump a want in negotiation. And if it's both wants, then you're both agreeing ahead of time that it's negotiable. And that's the, the, the basis of the negotiation.
3: Right. And then it's the responsibility of whoever carries out the task to do it in the way that is meeting the needs
2: yeah and none of this seems like kink like kinky buffet stuff Mm -hmm. because it's not it's it's just relationship tools that we almost take for granted in in our relationships i i would suspect i we don't know we've never spent time with you but i suspect that you guys dodge all sorts of potential landmines for arguments that other couples might fall into Simply because you know ahead of time
0: well, your the, rules are. what that role is. And that's right. not,
2: that has nothing to do with a kinky lifestyle. That's just simply laying out the, the ground rules and then playing by the rules.
1: Well, that's why vanilla didn't work for either one of us in our p- past relationships. Because there was too much of the power struggle. So a lot of, I'm going to call it vanilla, relationships, mainstream relationships, they don't know that they can negotiate For what it is. They just, like Dan said, they they assume that they know what a husband means or a wife means. And a lot of times that's media. And that tells us what to expect. And one of the things that we liked when we designed our relationship was that there would not be that power struggle. And like I said, that is... That is absolutely what drew us, well, part of what drew us to this style of relationship. Not having the power struggle and negotiating may have saved my, Nah, it wouldn't have, I was going to say it might have saved my last relationship, my vanilla one, but probably not much. So what do you, um, I've, I've got a couple in mind that um, they got together when they were very young and didn't know that they could negotiate this stuff. And now they're in their 30s and they're growing up and... Things aren't working out very well for them. How can they go from not knowing they could negotiate to negotiating something to try to save their marriage because there's so much power struggle right now? Any any advice for something like that? Because I'm sure some people are going to hear this and go, oh, I'm already married and I didn't know I could do that and now I want to.
2: Yeah, it's the same exact thing, but I think it starts before the negotiation with self-assessing yourself and actually identifying what's important to you Mm -hmm. because you can make a list of oh there's 50 different things i need in this relationship but when you really think about it there's actually only four that you need and there's 46 that you would like to have but still take some and give some away i think until you have identified those and this is now this is from coming from traditional counseling 101 put it in writing like get it down on paper where you can actually look at it and write columns and then identify those things. It's black and white. That's not negotiable. Therefore I can see that I'm not going to back down on this point. If, if you don't put in writing, it's really easy to do mental gymnastics in your head and start to let that go. But it starts with assessing yourself first and then coming to your partner to the negotiation table as equals. I think that's a real important part is that and and we believe that in a power exchange relationship negotiation is you are flat equals at that stage of the game and you sit down and put the list down on the paper and start talking about and we we spend months on this because we would some things we would talk about for 30 seconds oh we agree on it. other things we talked about over several days and we put as much effort into this as we would put into going to college for our career or Any uh, hobby we want to get good at.
3: And with the self-assessment process, the basis of where you can make the determination determination of how much do I really need this thing is the emotional side. If it's triggering anxiety, if it's triggering uh, past traumas or something like that, then those are the things that you want to make the non-negotiables and then take those to the table when you're coming into your negotiation.
1: You know what else is fun? We, we did that 20 years ago, and we did the whole needs, wants, and desires list, and I've still got mine, and we would redo it, like, every year, and it's kind of neat to look back on what was a need and what was a want and what's fallen off and what's changed and, you know, things like that, so... That's kind of cool, too. You can see your growth and just how things have changed.
0: And I love your terminology of control and responsible. You know, again, if we go back, and I I appreciate this is just a silly example, but with our peanut butter example, right, if I'm steadfast, I've got to have chunky peanut butter. I've got to take responsibility for that decision as well. So now it's time for dinner, and I'm going to have peanut butter and jelly, and Dawn doesn't get to eat, because, or she has a jelly sandwich because she can't (laughs) eat peanut. You know, she doesn't like chunky peanut butter. So, do I take right. the responsibility for that versus, you know, I mean, the, the, co- and, and this is, this isn't truly a compromise, but it's a situation. I, in real life, I love chunky peanut butter, can't so eat creamy. So much. <laughs> but guess what? <laughs> Any bag of peanuts will turn your peanut butter into chunky. So, you know, the, finding that space of, of compromise and finding that, that middle ground. Um, sometimes it's as simple as a bag of peanuts. It's really, and, and it, go ahead. I,
2: I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, please. Okay. We were doing pretty good. We made it 12 minutes <laughs> without talking over <laughs> each other. Uh, yeah. And, and the, taking responsibility is a big part of it. So for example, I'm not okay with YO being stressed out or feeling anxiety over, over money and finances, because in the past partners who have felt anxiety in those areas, it, it never ended well. So I, require her to not stress out over money but the trade-off is now i need to bring home the money right so i'm asking her to do something emotionally challenging but i'm i have to take on something that takes hours and hours every week to do my role like if i don't do my job i can't expect her not to stress out over money like it's it's very symbiotic
3: right if the bank account starts getting lean and i start getting antsy about it you know Am I supposed to be at fault, which in past relationships has been the case? Like, well, why are you all frustrated? Well, because, you know, it's almost in the negative. So, you know, I know what's coming up. Help. And if that's not the responsibility of the person who's bringing in the money, then that's where the conflict occurs or resentment start to build. And all of that goes off the rails quickly
2: right so just because i'm in a dominant role i'm not requiring her to do things while being free of all responsibility i'm, I'm not just walking through this getting my way as a, someone in the vanilla world might perceive this i i am taking on a lot in order to get what i'm asking for true but if we both do our roles, we don't and we don't have conflict over money ever so and- yeah
0: and
3: just distilling the basic means of you know being a human It it does apply to any kind of relationship. And that's where we're really finding out that a lot of people have a need.
1: Right. And like I said, you know, they don't know they can do that. So, you know, that is, um, finances is is a big topic. And actually one of the first things that Dan and I talked about when we started Power Exchange, because with the experiences we had in our vanilla relationships of money just disappearing in our yeah. in, in our power exchange relationship, you know, I needed to speak up and say, you know, I need to know what's going on with the money. I trust you with the money, but I need to know what's going on with the money. And whereas Dan was the same way. He's like, you know, I could just give you the whole financial job, you know, as a master, that's my right to do. But mm-hmm. I need to know where the money's going to, because in a past relationship, money would disappear. So we had to talk together as peers of how that was going to work for us so that neither one of us stressed out. And it had nothing to do with roles, really. Right. It was, and, yeah. Well,
0: and the aspect of it that had to do with roles is that I found new budgeting software that I, wanted, that I decided, <laughs> you know, as the leader in a power exchange relationship, I said, here's the new budgeting software we're going to use. No. But I also <laughs> recognized from a level of responsibility that this is a problem, not a problem, I don't want to say trigger because the word is overused, but a significant challenge for Dawn challenge, yeah. to change the way finances work and to take a leap of faith that we're going to start using this new budgeting software. So it's not a matter of me, master, hear me roar new software. It's, <laughs> hey, I need you to evaluate this software. I think it would be beneficial for us. I, I, he- I see your resistance, but too bad. We're going to sit here and evaluate it anyway. I'm not making a commandment that we're going to do it, but we are going to evaluate it. And get that partner's buy-in,
1: and then and then he gives me time to adjust to the whole newness because I don't adjust well. <laughs> I get stuck in, in a in a way of doing things. So you know we've just learned that about each other. Yeah.
0: So um, very cool, very interesting conversation. But I got one more question for you guys, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. We we talked some about needs and wants, and you talk about how you we're going to add needs and wants into our conversation and into our negotiation. What about desires? Does the desires have a spot in negotiation?
3: Yeah, definitely. Desires um, are more like well, the way we frame it is like goals, so things that we would like either individually or as a couple, and then when you overlay power exchange on top of it there's accountability towards getting to those things and that can be anything from a kinky scene you want to try to actual like career path goals or like enrolling in college or something like that and yeah those are definitely things that can as a couple be part of the negotiation process because you're working towards something that's either beneficial for that person or for
2: the unit as a whole. Yeah, I think that's,
0: that was perfect. Fantastic. How do we find out more about what you guys are doing? How do I find the Kink Buffet podcast?
2: At kinkbuffet.com.
3: We've got all our social media links up there. You can reach us by email at kinkbuffet at com And listen to the podcast. We love feedback, likes, and shares. And um, anybody who's wanting to work with us, definitely any way that you reach out to us will respond and, see what we can do to yeah. move your negotiations along.
2: And one of the things that we would like to progress into at some point is DS relationship coaching at, we looked into it. There's no university uh, degrees in,
0: <laughs>
2: in, yeah. k- in kinky coaching. Right. Um, this isn't something that we're charging money for. This is something that we would like to do and gain experience from. We do not claim to be experts other than experts at us. But we talk to people, and we both have a kink education and background as well. So we're trying to build upon this and build more experience. So if couples or individuals want to reach out to us, uh, we will give you our time. We will spend time with you one-on-one, and we're going to be evolving our ability to, to do what we're doing as well.
0: So awesome. just feel
2: free to reach out to us for accessible.
0: Fantastic. you guys would be amazed at the parallels between your relationship and ours and the things that you talk about with it mm-hmm. talking about the designer relationship and need, wants, and desires and all that kind
1: of peers. Yeah and,
0: and writing it down and the importance of that. All of that is stuff that's uh, we've already we put in the book Living MS already because we're so committed to that stuff. It's really cool to hear that other people are reaching those uh, the same conclusion from a different direction or maybe the same direction. Um one of these days, post-COVID, maybe we'll sit down, have a cup of coffee, and talk about all this stuff in person. That'd be awesome. For now, if you we would, would just hang out with us for a little bit while we wrap this thing up. Dawn, over the uh, last, what was it just, my gosh, just yesterday,
2: Today's you Monday. and yeah, I yeah.
0: sat down in front of this video camera here, and we did a live class on Zoom. And I didn't know what to expect, but we ended up with... Uh, some 60 people RSVPing that they were going to come, and I had all my technology. I had my, my soundboard and my Mevo camera and the face <laughs> or the um, mirroring and the big monitors and lights and everything oh, we all had it set, all
1: tested. It was all set and ready to go.
0: And then two minutes before go time, everything locks up, freezes, and we have to go over the FaceTime camera on your little <laughs> MacBook there.
1: <laughs> but, so Well, yeah, so it was when we do our uh, how to be a presenter uh, workshop with people, we tell people don't rely on technology, it will fuck up. And because it's COVID, and we're relying on technology. It fucked up, so at least we had a plan B.
0: Yeah, but we did end up having a very nice show. We did end up Mm -hmm. having very nice interactions with people, got a lot of good feedback.
1: It was on uh, managing multiple power exchange relationships, and it was actually really cool because we've got this big screen in front of us that shows all the people that are on Zoom, and the RSVPs, I didn't recognize like 95% of them when I got looking on FET, and yet... We had a lot of people that we knew from Canada, and, you know, so letting them in, that, that was kind of neat. Some of your partners, well, at least one of your partners was on there.
0: Yes, and, and a cat that said to me afterwards, she felt like there at the end, it was very much a Captain Kangaroo moment.
2: And
0: oh, yeah. I was like, I, what are you talking about? What does that mean? And she said, you know, at the end when Captain Kangaroo would look at the TV screen and see, I see you, Johnny. I see you, Sally. I see, because uh, yeah. at the end of our show, of we were like, used to do Oh, look, too. there's Sparky. We see Sparky on the thread. Oh, uh, cor- yeah, 705. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> you know, so uh, uh, Ruby Tuesday. So a lot of these people listen to the podcast, too. So it was fantastic to see your faces.
0: And yeah, it was a lot of fun for us to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we have any more? Live stuff coming up?
1: We do. So the live podcast is next Sunday, so December 20th.
0: That's 2020 if you're listening to the podcast 10 years from now.
1: December 20th, 2020, and it'll be at 6 p.m. Eastern. We do not have a topic just yet, but that is okay. So, you know, we'll do the live podcast then. And then we have another monthly workshop on January 3rd, and I put that Zoom information out on FET. There, I think it's actually already out there. So the event is created. The link is out there, plus it was on our last newsletter. And that one is all about the polyamory dating guide, which is our – we're waiting on the first print of our yep. new book. How,
0: out, how so. to date as polyamorous people. All that stuff can be found via the Dan and Dawn um, – FetLife Profile. It's all freebie stuff. Feel free to jump in there and join us and, and hear about it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of people who are hearing about it, Hippie Chick wrote and said that they were, we were their very first educational source. Aww. So I thought that, that was a very nice thing for them to say. So and
1: usually about this time we talk about tentacles and food on boobs, but neither one of us have any pictures. I'm bored. Can someone send me links to... Tentacle porn. I'm just <laughs> tentacle sex. Tentacle porn. It features, is. I don't care.
0: I cannot tell you the last time we have got a gone a wink uh, a week without you getting a tentacle porn link.
1: A uh, something, yeah. So I I would I would love <laughs>
0: more links. Yep. All right. So uh, at this point in the show, we're gonna look at our Kinkstarter Starter cards. We're gonna flip three random cards, and uh, Dan and Dawn, are you into it? Is the question. Um... But this time around, I see Manny and uh, Wyo, you guys are still there, right? We yeah. are. Can we give you one of the Kingstarter cards and we can ask you what you think about it? Absolutely, of course. All uh, right. <laughs> so. You want one, two, or three?
2: Three.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: oh. Yeah, okay, so I did pull them out as at random, and number three is bastinado, so the beating of the soles of the feet. Tried it, into it, don't like it, could care less? What's your
3: thought on bastinado? I have tried it. I'm into it in small doses. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I take it... I am- I like cane, so that that kind of helps. But yeah, definitely small doses.
2: <laughs> and I have done very little in the past. I have caught myself fast-forwarding through that part of the porn scene. Okay, <laughs> uh, not because I was I found it wrong or anything like that. It was just the I wanted to get to the next part that I was more interested in. Fair. Sure. Um, How about? And I told you this about two weeks ago, I was turned on by a specific scene that something about that scene did it for me. So maybe my eyes have been opened a little bit. (laughs)
0: Awesome. awesome. Wait a minute. What was the scene? Oh, Oh. God,
2: it was. You you don't have to share
0: it on the podcast. It's just a four. I'll
2: just say it was subtitled from Europe where some of the best uh, BDSM porn comes from.
0: There you go. Awesome! Awesome, right, Don. What card you got for me?
1: Um, for you, I've got orgasm control.
0: Fan. That, can,
1: that can go two ways. Yeah, I am a fan of <laughs> orgasm
0: control in many ways. All the ways, as a matter of fact, I'm a fan of orgasm control. From a, uh, a much to many people's chagrin, personally. <laughs> I like to control my own orgasm. I like to. uh, What do you What do you call that practice when you don't let yourself come? When Uh, other people, what is it? Edging. Edging. Yes. Edging. Not. Yeah. Edging and denial. I am all about self edging and denial. He Um, likes to do that with
1: others too. And I (laughs) like to do it with
0: others as well. (laughs) Um, I am more of a. And this was really a, a kind of a strange thing that you and I did in the beginning of our relationship. You were not allowed to come until I gave you permission to come, mm-hmm. and you'd have to beg to come, and all that's very hot and power-exchangey. And then you started dating other people.
1: <laughs> right.
0: And it was <laughs> a little inconvenience for you to have to call in the middle of a date, sir, can I come? I was like, who the fuck oh, is, oh, right, you're on a I date with I actually had a
1: hard time with other people. You had trained me to your voice, and now I'm with other people, and I'm like, I, I'm sorry. So we had to work through <laughs> had that, had that work block.
0: Through <laughs> um, and... The other side of orgasm control as well forcing someone to come over and over and over again fan fan yeah. of that as well cool.
3: uh, orgasm big fan
1: <laughs> awesome what you got for me
0: uh dawn it's electric violet wands zappers how do you feel about electrical play
1: i Actually, like it to a degree. So, and it depends on who it's with. It can be kind of edgy. So, um, I don't do tens units because of uh, we have a I have a heart thing that they can't figure out. So, I don't do tens unit That can be dangerous for me. But a violent wand or something like that. Oh, I've had some power. You know what? Okay, mm. two things just went <laughs> off in my head. Sorry, but the first time I ever experienced any BDSM was at some demo stations that someone had invited me to off of uh, IRC. And one of the first things was a violent wand. And I took the ex-husband, who was my husband at the time, to that and hated it. Oh, it felt like ants crawling all over me, didn't like it. And I was told later that it could be because of the energy of the person that I was touching, which was the ex-husband. So um, I didn't try it for years after that. And then I got a hold of someone that I had the hots for, and he used the violet wand on me.
0: Oh, yeah. And that worked.
1: That worked. And I've had a whole scene with a you-know-who from the Detroit area. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, it was a whole scene. And he wore his leather apron, and he had all these old... A uh, uh, violent wand, things, and he was dressed up like the mad scientist, and oh, <laughs> that was just that was a fantastic scene. So yes, I am a fan to a degree.
0: So, uh, YO, can I ask you an extremely personal question? Anytime. Do you have a pierced clit? I do not. Okay, I, I have
3: okay. a, I have pierced nipples.
0: Okay, I was thinking that a violent wand and a pierced clit probably should not go together.
3: Yeah. yeah. I would think that
1: so, <laughs> I would think so too, but I pain
0: is in. <laughs> I guess to say, I know some interesting people. They might be down for that.
1: Oh, do you remember we also used to do the um the annual thing here. What was it that was at like the convention center and AIS ran the dungeon? And we would oh, do right demonstrations yeah. for like the mainstream sex crowd. Yeah, some
0: some dungeon, some uh, toy uh, adult toy yeah, yeah, yeah. Party yeah. expo, thing. but Ais
1: yeah. would would put a section aside, and um, which is our local group, they would put a section aside, and we would do like demos for the mainstream crowd, and and uh, the violent <laughs> wand was like one of the biggest things because it was so edgy, and we had a metallic fabric that we would have them sit on, and then do the mm-hmm. whole thing, and that was that was kind of cool. That's that's about the only time I top is for demos, so.
2: So I actually have a Violet Wand story as well, mm-hmm. uh, was also at a convention and it was the first convention I'd ever been to. And I went in there and said, I'm going to try everything and I'm, I don't really have much of a submissive side, but I was going to be open to the experiences that took place at the, in the play space, or I was going to volunteer at the, the demonstrations. And so I wound up tied to a cross and the, naked in front of a room full of people. And that was like 23 at the time with the violet wand being used on me. And I couldn't stop laughing. It, mm-hmm. I, and I was told later that it can be set higher.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I have, I have seen people react that way. As a matter of fact, I've played with somebody who, uh, the, the more intense the scene, the more they laughed. I personally am not a fan. Wasn't my thing. It, it it was a little jarring for me, but I've, I've I can dig that. I can dig that.
1: So cool, cool. All right, well,
0: let's wrap this thing on? up. Yep, the uh, Instagram um, oh. you posted. You wrote the words Mutt Day. I don't know I what that did, means I did,
1: because Tuesday, I think it was. I posted a picture of a Ginger the Polly pup because it was Mutt Day, so I got to do the hashtag.
0: Oh, Mutt day, okay. So that
1: was really cool. And you posted a picture today.
0: Yes, and um, if. Uh, I'm in the middle of a work meeting, as a matter of fact. I was on a conference call. I'm walking around. We're talking about something very important. And I look over, and the cat and the dog are laying on the little pillow, and they're holding hands. It's so cute. It is the fucking cutest thing. (laughs) So I, like, totally lost my jam on whatever the meeting was about, and I had to take that picture. You sent
1: me a picture. That was awesome.
0: You can find us on Instagram and see the picture of the day, which is often not nearly as kinky as you might expect. At, at Erotic Awakening
1: I do plan uh, you know all of my clothes up in the FET closet I've been saying it for the last couple of days I'm thinking of doing a modeling session and putting some pictures out on Instagram and FET
0: just as a way to get to use, wear just those clothes just as a way to get Fantastic. to wear the damn
1: thing so I got some new stuff there and no place to wear it so take a moment to support the podcast <laughs> rate us on Apple Podcasts Google Play Stitcher Spotify or wherever you listen
0: or just tell your friends
1: if you like what we're doing, head over to patreon.com slash eroticawakening to take a look at the options like discounted stuff, extra content, and more. Our next Zoom meeting for Patreons only is December 13th. The topic is let's chat about slutty sex.
0: If you're a Patreon supporter, you'll get info about that in your inbox shortly. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. Bye, me Bye, Wyo.